Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Get Advisor Fit, where we encourage you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today's guest, dear listeners, is a powerhouse in the investment world with a vast experience that many of us can only dream of. Please allow me to introduce Eric Stein, CFA and partner at East Bay Investment Solutions. Eric's journey in the world of finance is actually very fascinating. Before joining East Bay as a partner, Eric honed his skills at Goldman Sachs Asset Management, where he handled many diverse responsibilities spanning from performance measurement and risk analysis to client service and portfolio construction. Then for over a decade, he provided unmatched leadership at RSM U.S. Wealth Management, serving as the chief investment officer and steering their national investment platform for over a decade. Did I mention that? In his current role at East Bay, Eric has taken on the unique and critical position of outsourced chief investment strategist for a select group of financial advisory firms. Whether it's overseeing investments, crafting tailored strategies for unique scenarios, or ensuring transparent client communications, Eric is your go-to expert. But that's all stuff you can find on Google if you wanted to. What I want to know, and what I think all of our advisor listeners want to know is, what's in it for them? In other words, how does hiring an OCIO firm like East Bay help advisors overcome their most pressing challenges so they can grow? So that's exactly what we're going to uncover today with some real-life stories of East Bay client success. I bet one or more of these stories will definitely resonate with you and illuminate just how an OCIO can help you too. So without further ado, welcome, Eric, and thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Olivia. I'm excited to be on your podcast. <laughs> Woohoo! Let's do this. Um, so, as I mentioned, I really do. <laughs> I really do want to discuss the biggest challenges you see advisors face and how you help them with some of these challenges. Specifically, how your service frees up their capacity and to help them grow, expand. You know, whatever it is that their goals are. But first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Eric, the man, you know, your hobbies, favorite sports teams, children. We want to know the man behind the curtain before we dive in. Uh, it's pretty simple, Olivia. I'm a pretty boring guy. <laughs> um, I've got a, I've been married for over 20 years. So I've got my fantastic wife, Laura. Uh, she's a CFO for a large nonprofit here in Charlotte. And I've got uh, two sons. Uh, one is a sophomore at uh, University of Georgia. We dropped him off for his sophomore year a couple weeks ago. And then my youngest is a senior in high school. So doing all the college applications again and getting ready to uh, be an empty nester this time next year. That's what I was going to say. Empty nester. My gosh, yeah, that's yeah, exciting. Definitely a different phase. And I'll say my one of my big hobbies is cycling. And uh, that can obviously take up hours of my time on the weekends. So I will have more free time um, next year where there are no kids around and be able to uh, hopefully expand the hobby even a little bit more next year. Yeah. And so you guys, I don't know if you follow Eric on social media, but he just did a, a charity ride um, for 
cancer and it was called the 24 hours of booty and where what town was it in again uh it's in charlotte north carolina it's an annual event that they've done for probably close to 20 years at this point yeah so eric really is an avid cycler and he takes his sport and does good with it too so if you are interested in any of that you could follow eric on linkedin but i i know that you're going to want to connect with him after this phone call anyways so we can save all that information for the end Eric, so let's really get into the meat and potatoes of how East Bay helps their advisor clients. Now, as business owners, we both serve the same audience, broad audience, right? Financial advisors. Um, So we're pretty well versed in the challenges that they face. But I always like to ask, and, and this is a good framework for today's discussion, what are the main challenges that advisors come to you with? Because I know what they come to me with for marketing, but what do they come to you with um, as the OCIO and when they're seeking some help for their business? That's a great question, Olivia. And what's interesting is our clients come to us from all sorts of different avenues. They're all uh, going through some current challenges and, and the reasons why they're seeking us out in the first place. I'd say one of the biggest challenges that advisors are facing, whether outsourcing marketing or outsourcing investments, is just time. Um, You know, they really want to focus on their clients. They want to focus on planning. It's why they got in the business in the first place. But there are all these ancillary other things that have to be done during the day. There's only so many hours in the day. So the the more they can outsource and feel comfortable with how they're outsourcing it, the more it fits with how they think about the world. Uh, It allows them just to have more time to really focus on the things that really matter most to them. Oh, I like that. That bit that you just said about if it makes, if it fits in with how they feel about the world. That's really something that we talk about a lot in marketing when you're trying to attract, you know, your ideal client is putting out messaging that resonates with them. And of course, you know, that's important for us as business owners, but also when we're going to like learn to or start to connect um, a business relationship with somebody, making sure that we have some aligned narratives and that makes us helps us feel safe and secure um especially when we're handing over a piece of our business to someone else um that trust has really got to be there i really i like yeah we call it just investment fit uh it, it you know the their investment approach their philosophy has to fit with ours and vice versa otherwise it just doesn't work and you know we're not in this to have a short-term relationship that doesn't help the client that doesn't help their clients that doesn't help us We really want to have those long term uh, relationships with all of our clients. And the only way to really make sure that that happens or at least can happen is with a fit, because if if it doesn't fit uh, the advice we're going to be giving is they're not going to take the collateral we'll be delivering uh, won't resonate with them or their clients. They won't know how how to communicate it with their clients because it's different from what they've been told before. And that relationship just breaks down just because they're looking for something else. So. We'd rather uh, turn down a prospect and say, hey, we're not the right solution for you than take on a firm that, uh, that again, doesn't have the, the right fit. Yeah, that's definitely brilliant. You don't want to just be working with anybody because then you, what is it, the saying, um, when you try to serve everyone, you end up serving no one. So you know who a good fit is for your service and you market your business accordingly. So kudos to you for that. Um, so I think, of the challenges that the advisors come to you with, what is the most the most prominent of those? 
I'll go back to what I said before, just in terms of time. Uh, they're just lacking time. Um, after that, it can really be in a number of different ways. Uh, interestingly, I was talking to a prospect uh, last week, and he positioned it in a way I hadn't really thought about before. But he was saying, you know, there are things I do um, that I want to get off my plate, and maybe you can do them. Uh, there are things I do that I, I really like a second opinion on. Uh, there are things I'm not doing that I know I should be doing, and there, there are things that I'm not doing that I want to be doing. And he started bucketing all of the different services that we can provide into those four buckets and trying to say, okay, you know, th these are great. And I can see the, the different value levels you'll provide based upon the services that are included in our scope and how it can actually help his practice grow and thrive because he can, again, focus on what matters most and let us focus on uh, the investment related stuff that, uh, you know, he just wasn't doing as much as he wanted to or needed to do today. Oh, yeah, that's a great story. And what a great segue into these actual real life client stories, because I think that a lot of us think this way, right? Like there are things that we want to do, things that we don't want to do, things that we need help with. Sometimes we just need a sounding board. So let's go right into the stories and we'll get some some illustrations, some examples of how exactly this works when someone partners with you. So with the variety of different client types that come to EB for support, many of them struggle with this time component, like you've said. So why don't you give us a story about a client where you bringing them, you coming on board specifically help them with time management? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I'd say actually one of the first clients I started working with when I joined East Bay five years ago uh, came to us with the time management question of, you know, how can you help me better manage my time? And it wasn't about necessarily managing his time. It was just really more freeing up his time. So, you know, what we're able to do is we're able to help him with a lot of the client service work he was doing from an investment perspective. So if it's just something as simple as answering client emails or that are investment related or helping with prospect reviews, especially as you get larger prospects, you want to make sure you're analyzing their current portfolio well and showing how you can add value over what they're doing. Uh, you know, those were just two ways that it was taking this advisor a lot of time to do that work. And we were able to free up his time. And what's interesting is we were talking to him uh, more recently, his practice has grown um, three times the size of where he started five years ago. And, you know, what he'll tell you, and it's, it's again, from us, an interesting perspective, you know, there's not one single client, and this is what he would tell you, is there's not one single client that he can point to that he has today specifically because of his relationship with East Bay, that, you know, there hasn't been one client that said, yeah, I'm going to sign up with, you know, this advisor specifically because you work with East Bay. But he says, I know that I wouldn't be able to have grown to this point without this relationship because I've just got more confidence. I've got more comfort. I know that I've got that support. Um, and I know that you're you're my backstop for all investment related questions. It frees me up again to focus more on client service, on prospecting and doing all the other things that he wants to be doing. And for him specifically, as he's grown 3X, uh, he's hired new staff. And as he's hired new staff, uh, I am the one that actually spends the time with them on the investments. So I'm spending the time with them, walking them through why we set up the allocations we did, how we talk about investments. So they're more comfortable going out to prospects and clients having that investment conversation. So again, we're part of that training process that he goes through uh, with all of his new employees too. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I don't think that a lot of people probably realize that you're actually a partner 
to their business and you're in it, in there doing it with them. I'm certainly, um, don't think that many advisors probably realize that you can serve um, in that client facing role as well. You know, if it's something that's investment related or um, opportunities within their portfolio. And like you mentioned, that gives not just the advisor time, but a sense of confidence knowing that, okay, I have my, I have faith in Eric that he knows what, you know, how to handle this with the client. He can take that off of my plate, free my time to do the other things. Um, that confidence is really invaluable. I was just talking about that on a podcast recently um, about, you know, how confidence in your sales process comes from all sorts of areas of your life. It's not just isolated to just a sales call or just meeting with a prospect, but when you have that confidence, it sort of affects all areas of your business. So I imagine that that is similar uh, experience that your clients, your this client had with you. Yeah, absolutely. That that client facing aspect, you know, we can be as forward facing with their end clients or as behind the scenes as they want. Uh, what we don't do is I won't take an email or a phone call directly from one of their end clients. So if they want me participating in a call with a client, the advisor needs to be present. We would never, uh, you know, take over that relationship or or communicate with one of their end clients without the advisor present. But whether it's a prospect call, uh, whether it's responding to an email, we always go through the advisor uh, for all of that communication. We never correspond directly with the uh, the end client. Yes. Well, even so, though, that's a huge load off, you know, knowing that you are there to, to answer those types of emails or to be copied on something that perhaps the advisor doesn't have a huge um, level of confidence in. Um, that's just a, just another added bonus to the, the strategic partnership that you have with them. Yeah, and so it happens we, more than I think the advisors realize. I think that, uh, you know, we see it every day. We're getting emails uh, regularly from our, our clients, the advisors, from, you know, the ones they're getting from their end clients, whether it's related to uh, debt ceiling issues from a few months ago, uh, the bank collapse in the spring, um, ESG questions, questions about uh, China exposure, Whatever the case may be, there's always something coming up in the news. There's always an article. There's always a commentator on TV talking about something. Uh, our clients are paying attention uh, and they have questions. So when they bring those questions to the advisor, it's great that the advisor doesn't have to spend all of their time answering the questions. That's what we do for them. That's great because cue to me during 2020 when my two-year-old son was home from school because everything was closed, uh, two years old. I don't know if you listeners have children. Do you remember what your children were like at two? Mommy snack, mommy snack, changing diapers, potty training, whatever you're doing. It is a hot mess. There was nothing open. There was nowhere I could go work besides my house because nothing was open. So it's not like you could grab your laptop and go to Starbucks. Meanwhile, you know. The market is doing all kinds of crazy things. And my advisors are coming to me like, we need a client communication letter stat. And I'm like, okay, 25, 25 hours later and 25 emails later. <laughs> so having that, I mean, is that crisis management piece. I mean, that's what I call it, crisis management. Um, having someone there to help you kind of manage that when clients are, when things happen and clients have questions, you know, that's just this. I would, I mean, I need that too. Someone sign me up for that. <laughs> We're here for you, Olivia. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> 
Um, so what you um in this this first case study, you you did mention something that they hired staff, but not all advisors want to hire staff. And from my understanding, your help can also take the place of having to hire more in-house advisors. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's sometimes not about necessarily hiring in-house advisors, it's maybe hiring in-house investment professionals. Uh, so, you know, we have, for example, one of our clients has a CIO already on staff. So it might seem weird to certain advisors to say, well, they already have a CIO on staff. Why do they need outsourced CIO services? Well, the answer is that this CIO uh, has a lot going on. He's got a lot of on his plate, a lot of responsibilities. And his choices were either continue to try to do the work himself, which wasn't working for him, or to uh, hire internally, which can be expensive and time consuming and you run the risk of the people leaving and other challenges. Or he felt like outsourcing was another option. So when we spoke and we realized uh, that we have an investment fit that aligns, going back to our original conversation and making sure fit is, is critical. And then he saw all the services that we can provide and the ways we can help him he just realized that you know it was a much better investment to work with us than to hire uh, a whole internal staff. So we're there for his support. Uh, again, a little bit different entity, a little bit of a different firm in the way we work with many of our clients, uh, but they have a CIO and we are more than happy to support that CIO in his efforts, his research and whatever he's doing and responsible for. Hey, that's a good point. That's not had that had not been something that I had thought of before this call that you don't always fill a hole a hole. There could be someone in this position, but they just need more support than you know that or that one individual needs more support depending you know on the size of their firm and the level of his responsibilities and things like that. Um, do you ever get clients um, who leave a firm? And don't leave. Okay, we know advisors, they get stuck in these firms. They don't feel like they're aligned with the culture, or maybe they were promised things that weren't given to them. And all they want to do is get out. So they're going out on their own. They don't want to be stuck again. So they come to you. And what kind of challenges do those types of advisors face? And how are they maybe a little bit different than um, a more established advisor? Well, a lot of times, uh, we'll to first answer your question, yes, we do get those clients that you know want to go independent. They might be at a larger firm. Uh, for those advisors, I think the challenge for them is, is it's not just about the investments. It's about the whole uh, operational support and background. So they're used to having uh, a whole team internally, like a national team, if you will, that's uh, providing them guidance on compliance, that's working with them on marketing, that does their investment support or provides investment uh, support that has rebalancing and trading. So it's the whole you know, ecosystem of the advisory world that they're used to having. And if they, when they go independent, not only are they now business owners, which they may not have been before, but they have to find replacements for all of the services they were getting. So we're just a component of that whole ecosystem in terms of what they need and what they're used to. So again, it goes back to if from an investment standpoint, if we can find the fit, we can certainly help them and then because it's, you know, as we all know, it's a very small industry, we tend to know people that can help them with outsourced trading and rebalancing. We know people like you that can help them with outsourced marketing. We have other friends that can help them with outsourced compliance. So you can essentially build your own firm with all outsourced capabilities 
and not have to do it all yourself. It's a great way to build your business and scale if you don't want to focus on each of those individual components. Yeah. And I think that another great thing about that, and and it's very similar to the way that I've built my business over, changed my business over the past year, is that we can't all be experts at everything, right? So an advisor going out on his own, even if let's say he had the capability to do all of these things. Let's say he happens to be pretty good at marketing himself. He can handle the investment options and the trading and rebalancing. Um, It's not always in his best interest to try to do everything all at once. So we can, when we outsource to another expert, essentially you, you assemble a team of experts instead of trying to be surface good at everything. You know, you can, just align with other strategic partners who are experts in each of the areas. And then you've got an expert team instead of trying to be really good at too many things. (laughs) And what's Um, nice about the way we structure it is, you know, we're a consultant at the end of the day, the advisor still maintains ownership of their business and discretion over the decisions that are made. So we can provide them advice and we can suggest uh, what we think they should be doing. But ultimately, if the advisor doesn't believe it, doesn't want to do it, uh, doesn't have you know the time to implement it right now for, for whatever reason, we can put it on hold for a few months and say, okay, let's bring this topic back up in three months and six months. So the advisor always maintains discretion on the timing of what we do, how we do it, uh, what actually gets implemented and decided upon. So it's not like you are stuck in a solution where you sort of you get what you get and you don't get upset you literally own uh, the decision-making process. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think that will give people a lot of peace of mind who maybe have been considering this option before. Um, Speaking of considering options while we're on that topic, um, can you tell us a little bit about how working with an OCIO is different than working with a TAMP and, and maybe some of those nuances that maybe aren't as apparent if you haven't worked with an OCIO before? Yeah, and I, I, first I want to say that you know a TAMP, uh, a Turnkey Asset Management Program, can be a wonderful solution for certain advisors. Uh, it exists, it has existed, and it can be again a great solution for advisors uh, looking for specific needs. For a variety of reasons, uh, some advisors don't want to use a TAMP, uh, and they're looking for different options. When you're using a TAMP, at least from the TAMPs we've often seen, the investment solutions are really set. Um, so you have you, you get what the investment solutions are. You don't necessarily have the ability to tweak them or change them. Um, and you also don't necessarily get individualized investment support. You may not have a dedicated investment professional that can meet with you or your clients on a regular basis. I won't say that exists for all TAMPs or not. I'm not really sure. But, um, you know, that's at least what we've heard anecdotally from from certain TAMPs. From our perspective, again, we can customize your investment solutions. So it's it, it, it's not you, you only get what you get and you don't get upset. You get the options that you're looking for and we can change them and customize them. And then the other aspect of it is you get access to my partner and myself. So, you know, East Bay is not a one man show. East Bay is myself and, and Mario Nardone, my partner. Uh, so each of our clients gets access to East Bay as, as an entity. And then you'll work directly with one of us. So if you have a specific client question that comes up today, for example, and you need a question immediately, we can help you. If you want us at your client appreciation event, we can be there. If you want us on a prospect you know, uh, webcast, 
we can help you with that. So we are literally there to be your full-time investment support. We're just a phone call or um, email away. But saying full-time investment support, it doesn't, you know, now that we're getting into these stories, it doesn't even begin to cover half, not even half of the value that you guys can add as a strategic partner for advisors. Um, that's really just one piece of the puzzle. So I think this is going to be really eye-opening for um, quite a few folks. Um, and it's interesting that we, we were talking about the difference between TAMPS and, you know, um, more of a custom service like your own. and in my side of the fence or whatever you want to call it is very similar to like these. Um, I, I mean, in, in my understanding um, to sort of like these one size fits all one and done rolled all up automated marketing programs that you can get through like FMG or snappy Kraken or something like that. Um, yes, it is an option and it's a good option for some people, but it's not, you're not working with a team who's who's writing custom content for your target audience. You don't have someone that you can go to and ask questions. You're going to get a customer service line. Um, so it's very similar, you know, and our businesses are similar in that way, the way that we've structured them. And I think that um, that's why we are able to add so much extra value beyond just what the actual service is. Okay, Eric. So here's a here's like an interesting question. Have you ever come in to replace a CIO that wasn't working out or have you ever come in to replace um, another outsourced CIO team that wasn't working out? And tell me about that a little bit, if so. Yeah, we've actually done uh, both. Uh, in the case of replacing a CIO, uh, it was an instance where the CIO left and the advisor, you know, owner of the firm was sort of uh, left in the lurch because it was an unexpected departure by the CIO. So, you know, the CIO or the, the, the owner of the firm was a little bit frustrated, as you can imagine, and was looking at his options and said, well, if I hire another individual, I may be, you know, stuck in this same position in a few years if that person decides to leave. Uh, so he was looking at other opportunities and the opportunity came across to, to you know, meet us at East Bay and Again, investment philosophy fit was there. He saw the scope of services that we had and realizing that we're you know, an institution that's growing, uh, he felt much more comfortable that in three, five years, we weren't just gonna leave and shut our yeah. doors, that uh, he would have more stability and know that we were there. And you know, if I go on vacation, for example, Mario is there to support me. So he doesn't have to worry about that as much. And it was just much more of a, a, a comforting solution to him. Uh, so, yeah, we, we absolutely have replaced CIOs uh, that have left. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, now here's another fun question. Have you ever, have you ever had a client, a, a prospect kind of like try to fit into your methodology so that they could have access to you and then it didn't work out later? Like, do they ever like false advertise or do you find that when you go through your investment fit process, it's pretty accurate and, and everybody who gets through is really a good fit? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm I, saying? I like, are there people who pretend? Yeah, no, I don't think people pretend. Uh, I'll say what has gotten better is we've gotten better at the vetting process ourselves. Uh, the questions okay. we ask and the way the types of information we ask for has improved over time. Uh, because I'll say earlier in the day, you know, when we were first when I was first starting out with East Bay again five years ago, East Bay hadn't had been in existence before I joined. 
you know, we had, we had several clients and they were good clients. And as I was starting to meet more prospects and, and, and grow the, the business, you know, you just meet a, a bunch of different advisors and you want to grow rapidly and you want to grow you know, quickly and you just want to uh, show your value. And, you know, maybe we were, I was maybe a little too quick at times of bringing on a, or thinking about bringing on a particular client. Uh, but as you grow, you get smarter, you ask better questions, you want to understand more because you do realize that that fit is really important. Because again, if, if, if that fit isn't there, you're just butting heads constantly. They're asking you questions and you're, you're trying to figure out what their intent is because it doesn't really align with how you think about the investment, investment world. You know your collateral is getting unused because they don't believe in your philosophy. It's just not a good fit. So again, I'll say we've just gotten better and smarter in the way we vet. Uh, but advisors, I, I think, are, are transparent. They're candid. If you ask the right questions, you'll get the, the right answers. That's so true. You know, I was asking the question. I, I had a feeling that that was sort of going to be your answer because I think we all go through that as business owners. We start out, you know, we think this is definitely it. All of these questions will be good. And then we're like, darn, I really need to know this piece of information. So then you add that question or you say, this question didn't really get to the heart of it. Let's change that and adjust it so that, it, you know, we get more accurate answers. And this is something that's important, whether you're vetting a new prospect or maybe you have a lead collection form online or something um, where you are, you know, gating, let's say you're gating your schedule call button for whatever reason. Um, and you want to have a contact form out there. It's so important the way that you phrase these questions because it, really dictates the kinds of types of answers you get. Um, and you get better as you go along. So um, it's really, you know, that's basically what I suspected. Um, but I always just wonder, you know, because I do have people who will come to me and not necessarily, you know, I say the people who are not a good fit for me are the ones who come and want six minute abs, right? Like 10X my business tomorrow. And I'm like, well, sir, ma'am. It's not really how it works. <laughs> I mean, and and I can't we can't blame them really because they get advertisements about, you know, lead gen this, you know, we we brought this much AUM for this advisor in another this time or whatever. And they're kind of spammed with these crazy systems that are out there that, well, you know, if you've talked to anybody who's used them, they typically don't work, at least the ones that aren't designed for financial services in general. So I always just wonder, you know. If, yeah. if they're, you know, truthful and when they come to seek help or um, if they sort of have sorted ideas about their investment philosophy, but that answered my question. Yeah, and we try to be pretty simple. If you went to our website and, you know, went to connect uh, th through my Calendly link and set up some time, I think we have one question in the calendar invite of just, you know, what are you looking to achieve by the call? And we keep it simple purposefully because I don't want to weed out somebody because they may not know what they're looking for. They may not know that OCIO is an option that exists. So I find it really helpful to talk to the people and really try to ask the question of what are your challenges? What are your stumbling blocks? What are you looking to achieve? And the number of times we get the answers of, wow, I didn't even know this was an option. And if I had gone through a vetting process early on, you know, through before they even got on my calendar, they may not have taken the call because it would have been too much work. So for us, it's just easy. Let's have the short call. Let's find out what you're looking for. If we're the solution or possibly a solution, let's continue the conversation. If we're clearly not the solution, let's find out another solution that works for you. We have lots of friends in the industry. So if we're not the right solution, we may have other friends that are. We're happy to make those introductions. So 
you know, let's just have the dialogue. Let's ask the questions. Let's have a conversation and see where it takes us. Yeah. And it sounds like that is, I mean, honestly, isn't that all kind of like the provider that we want to work with that even if, you know, they're not the good option that they're going to be honest with you and transparent with you up front, saves everybody a lot of headache, gives everybody more control over their time and their money. Everybody's happy. <laughs> transparency so I think is key. We have, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say transparency is key, whether it's, you know, um, selling your business or asking people questions, the more transparent people can be, the more candid they can be, the easier it is to work together because you know exactly what their expectations are. You know exactly what they're looking for. You can tell them whether your services fit and if they fit great. And if they don't, that's fine too. That's a good conversation because you know that that's not a good fit and you can hopefully help them find their way. Well, so quickly before we move on to our last case study, would you mind giving me a few bullet points of advisors who aren't a good fit for you? Yeah. So uh, I say one of the criteria we work with is we work with planning focused firms. So we want the advisor that is fully planning focused, you know, has the CFP background, wants to spend their time with their clients on a, on a, on a planning basis. If they're selling themselves solely based on their investments, candidly, they're probably not the right advisor for us. Uh, we're also very strategic in how we think about the world. So if you want tactical investing, if you want to constantly be changing your portfolio based upon what you think is coming in the market, we're not the right fit for you. Yeah, so the third uh, component that for the advisor that doesn't fit is ones that are looking for us to choose the individual stocks for them. Uh, so we don't do individual stock selection ourselves. If you're an advisor that does individual stock selection, wants to complement your portfolio and wants us to help you complement your portfolio, but you still want to do the individual stock selection, we can certainly help you with that too. So I'd say those are the three types of advisors we don't work with are ones that are not planning focused, uh, ones that are, are want to be tactical in terms of their investments, and then ones that want us to do the individual stock selection on their behalf. Okay, perfect. So that will help anybody who's listening sort of self-select if they were considering an OCO, OCIO service um, through you guys. So thank you for that. Um, now, for our last case study is sort of apropos. Um, we we touched briefly and um, earlier about succession planning, the, the business moving on. Do you guys ever come in in a capacity to sort of help with that transition? Um, and if so, would you briefly describe that kind of the situation for me? Yeah, so we absolutely can work with that scenario, uh, that type of advisor situation as well. So one of our current clients uh, had gone through that exact situation. They had the, the founder of the firm uh, was transitioning out of the firm and they were transitioning to the next gen. And the next gen uh, was much more planning focused, whereas the original founder was much more investment focused. He had spent a lot of his time uh, looking at individual mutual funds, trying to find, you know, quote unquote, the best active managers around, uh, not necessarily tactically changing, but changing more frequently than the next gen advisors were comfortable with. So there was clearly a mismatch in the investment approach between the original founder and the next gen. So the next gen wanted to, again, focus on planning and they did not want to focus on investments. So they really felt like they needed to find a solution to help them. Uh, so when they started talking with us, we just spent a lot of time with both parties, the, the next gen and the founders saying, okay, here's how we can help you. Here's what our approach would be from an investment perspective. Here's how we would transition or think about transitioning the current clients that have had this one investment approach to this potential new investment approach and how we would think about transitioning it. 
because again, you don't want to move from A to B overnight. Uh, that doesn't work for the advisors or the clients. Uh, but for the advisors, it may not work to stay in exactly the way the original founder was doing it. So we just worked with them on finding a philosophy that made sense for them for the next gen. And then we worked through a transition plan to get them from where they were uh, to where they are today. And it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it takes a lot of, again, candid conversations, a lot of transparency and a lot of trust between both sets of partners. Uh, but it can absolutely be done. And, and it's been a successful story and transition. Yeah, so that's really neat. It's almost as if, too, that you're sort of a third party facilitator. So if, you know, especially let's say this is a family business and it's being passed down to the next generation, um, we all know that those types of relationships can get tricky when there's personal and business in the family. Um, so that's, you know, also another value add for someone who's in that type of situation is having sort of that sounding board, someone who's coming in from, you know, someone who is invested in the outcomes of your business and wants to see you succeed, but, and, and, you know, but doesn't have those familial ties or any sort of bias one way or another, you know, your, your best, your, you have the business's best interest in mind in that situation. Yeah, at the end of the day, East Bay is still an RIA. Uh, we're still a fiduciary, and we absolutely have the best interests of our clients and their clients in mind. Uh, our goal is to provide the best advice, investment advice we can. And you know, hopefully through the different scenarios and situations we've talked about, you can see that clients are not only coming to us from different avenues and different places, but the advice that we're giving isn't necessarily the same across our client base either. It might be similar in terms of our investment solutions, but it's certainly not the same. Uh, and it's going to be different based upon where they're coming from. And that is why I love your business so much, because not everybody needs exactly the same thing. Yes, at the end of the day, the investment solutions, there are only so many in the toolbox, right? But for the most, I mean, for each individual person, you're going to use the tools in the toolbox that make the most sense for them. And that is why working with someone like you as a strategic partner it allows for so much growth to happen, you know, growth in the business, growth in the client experience, growth um, in the company culture, and just this really overwhelming sense of confidence that everyone has getting this support under the foundation in order to, you know, move forward in whatever areas are most important to them. So Eric, I think that this is going to be um, some really great information for our team or for our listeners. The last thing that I would like to go over before you go is could you just briefly um, explain your process about how you begin an engagement with an advisor to see if it's the right fit um, and for anybody who might be considering this option? Yeah, thank you for that uh, that plug, Olivia. I'd say the first thing to do is just re reach out to us. You know, you go to eastbayis.com, uh, you'll see the links to connect that goes directly to our calendar. So schedule some time and we'd be happy to talk with you. We'll spend some time together learning about what your challenges are, uh, whether again, we're an investment fit for each other or not. And then we can take that conversation to the next level. If we decide that an engagement works, uh, you essentially, you know, we, we send a, a, a contract out. And once we start to engage, we go through an onboarding process. That onboarding process usually takes about two months on average, where we really just dive deep into your business, learning about all the different aspects of what you do, how you do it, why you did it, maybe what you want to change. And then once we move into that onboarding, through that onboarding phase, we move into sort of our more regular cycle. Uh, and we, you know, 
what's difficult, and I hope what your listeners have gathered is, you know, I can send all of our clients a scope of services and all of our, our prospects have our scope of services. But I'd say our engagement really comes alive once you become a client. You can see all the different ways that we can help you. You can see the nuance of, boy, I really am spending a lot of time answering my client questions on investments that I didn't even realize I was doing as much as I'm doing. So, you know, again, I can send you the scope and you can see all the services we provide, but it doesn't give you the layer, the depth, uh, the magnitude of how we can really help your business and give you your time back to focus on your growth. Absolutely. So, Eric, yes, that is brilliant. I'm so glad that we got to talk about this today. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, so um, Mario Nardone and myself, Eric Stein, we're both on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can find us pretty easily there. And our website is eastbayis.com. And feel free to review our site, reach out, connect, sign up for our newsletters. Uh, we'd be happy to have a conversation with you. Yes, if you guys are at at least um, any remotely interested in receiving any information from East Bay, I recommend joining the email list. And then you can learn a bit a little bit more about the firm, um, get to know Eric and Mario a little bit better through your engagements on LinkedIn and see if it's a good fit. Of course, we all need all the support we can get. This would be a great solution for many advisors. Um, thank you for joining us again today. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.